Episode 26 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast, a part of the Blue Wire Hustle program. I'm your host, Jevin Lefebvre, and today I'm bringing back my guy, my cheese head, the guy I just love so much, Corey Latondre, reoccurring guest for his fourth time. Definitely not his last time. How's it going, Corey? Thanks for coming back. Pretty good, Buckaroo. You know, I'm pretty sure it is number four. You know, here to go, here to ready to rock it out. Let people know what we think about the world of sports going on around us, telling them why they're wrong and why we're right. Yes, exactly. No one's opinion matters besides ours. Like you shouldn't listen. You shouldn't listen to anyone except like Schefter. Throw him out the window. Unfollow him. He doesn't matter. Rappaport. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. Bob McKenzie, he's well, cool. I, I like who? I yeah, I like Bob McKenzie. He's he's cool. But Darren Drager, more like Darren. More like Darren, you're a dragger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but anyways, what have you been up to? How you been? How's school, you nerd? You know, schools. Uh, all those interested at home, you've been following along on the ride here. This is appearance number four. So. Uh, I'm in an internship right now over at the Canadian Incorporation at CBC for you nerds at home Ooh, that can't figure it out. Is that good? Yeah, I'm a pretty big, big, big wig now, you know? <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't do a lot. <laughs> it's all online. It's my vibe is in-person sort of thing. And... I don't even get to really do anything. I just chase leads for them. They say like, hey, can you look into this? Can you call someone? Maybe we can do a story on it, find out if it's interesting or if it juice to it. And then uh, every time so far, it hasn't. (laughs) It's it's fine. I just, I sit at home on my couch from like 11 to seven or from like nine to five. Depends if I'm working at the home to pot that night. You know, just get going on that. So we got that going on for another three weeks and then another internship we're going to do. And then we're done. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. What have you learned from this internship? I've only done it for a week. We're in week two now. Uh, I haven't learned a thing. (laughs) I don't think I went to school for journalism and broadcasting is the program. And I don't want to be a journalist. That's. That's the takeaway, kids. <laughs> Follow your dreams and it'll let you know that you don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I've never been necessarily a good writer, per se. So I know like journalism isn't what I'm like going into this for. I want to kind of host a show or kind of be a broadcaster on TV. James Duthie's like, a god to me like that's what i want to do hell yeah like like host a panel kind of thing i think it it sounds like the funnest job you watch sports as your job and then you just get to ask people questions and then they do all the hard work so it's sort of (laughs) i am uh i'm waiting for tony kornheiser to die from pardon the interruption so (laughs) i can be the old white guy (laughs) on it where it's just like what's the topic here's what i think about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you just run it out like that's all i want to do i want to be like sid and tim tim, tim and sid. sid either way i don't know why i said it backwards it sounds yeah, weird. that's so weird why'd you do that <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry tim uh, 
I know you're listening. As you guys know, uh, this is the first episode since in a couple of weeks because the last episode that we recorded happened prior to the start of free agency and then had to go on a little bit of a week hiatus because I couldn't upload. So we missed a lot in NFL free agency. I know I could have posted about it, but to be honest, I got pretty overwhelmed and I didn't really have time. So I thought I'd save it for this episode. And I got a guy who knows NFL and NHL as we go into deeper into this episode. But a lot has happened in NFL free agency. Was there a name? Or first of all, we're going to start here. Your Green Bay Packers. They brought back Aaron Jones on, I'd say, a pretty fair contract. Base salary of like $9 million a year after incentives. It comes up to around $12 million a year. What are your thoughts on that? And is this a good move for your Packers? All right. I'm of two minds on this one. The football fan inside of me that just wants to watch good players play football. I love it. I'm ecstatic. Aaron Jones is great. He, over the last few years, he's been one of the best running backs in football. 100%. Compliments. We run. We, I think the Packers could use him a little bit more than they do sometimes. Yeah. But that's fine. So I am happy that I get to continue to watch Aaron Jones run the ball and catch the ball for the Green Bay Packers. But there is a, always a but, but. Always. I love butts. <laughs> so <laughs> if, if you've listened along to my, my episodes on the Left Side Heavy podcast, you will know how I feel about how the Packers drafted last year. As everyone knows. Yes. You took love in the first round because you needed a quarterback for the future. (laughs) Idiot. Didn't play a snap all year for us. Wasn't even our backup quarterback. So like, fine. It's the future or whatever. Maybe the guy we drafted instead of him could have helped us win against the Bucks. Maybe not. I don't know. Whatever. We'll see. And then in the second round, you draft Thunder Thighs himself, AJ, AJ Dillon. Dillon. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. He looks like he's going to be a really good running back for us. I, I think he looked fantastic. I assumed, like I would think many Packer fans assumed, that he was drafted because Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams' contract was ending this year with the Packers and we weren't going to re-sign them because that's what you do with running backs now. You don't pay running backs. Yeah. You, know, you you churn up that entry deal, that rookie contract. Maybe you keep him for a while if he's a generational talent, but it's just that's the way it goes now. You don't spend first-round picks on running backs, and you don't sign them to big money because it looks like they're the most replaceable position in football. Because they can get some insane production on the rookie deal, so you can just – like filter them out like oh this guy's done off his rookie deal okay let's draft another one and then it's just a cycle unless you can get him at a good deal 100 percent. so you draft aj Dillon, and then you re-sign aaron jones anyways to 12 million dollars a season which is like fair money it's not really a discount but it's not an overpay yeah he didn't test the market it was just like hey you want to stay yeah Do do you want me to stay yeah all right cool let's just do it so yeah. yeah, and then you're like, "Well, what the fuck? Why did we spend a second round pick on AJ Dillon?" Yeah, seriously. So, 
when there's players like was Chase Claypool available in the second round or was he gone by then? I think he may have been there. I know. Yeah, I can't remember. I think he might have still been there. I I didn't even want to look when I saw that we re-signed Jones. I was like, you know what? I don't want to be a negative Nancy. I just want to enjoy my team. So I don't want to look into it and get upset. But it's just, that's the thing where you're like, fuck, why did you? Our, and then our third round picks, like a fullback or a tight end, I can't remember what, like a Deguara, Deguara, where it's like, well, instead, now we've got Robert Tunyon, who looked great. So you're like, our first three picks last year were all things we didn't need to do. Yeah. You could have just signed a running back for cheap in the offseason. I mean, like, yeah, I'll bring him in if you're going to keep Jones. I'm like, that's it. So it's like one, two, and three rounds in the draft last year. You're like, you could have drafted three starters that could have been on your team last year, but you didn't. So here we are, another year, uh, two years in a row, you know, get to that NFC championship game and you get overmatched because the other team has better talent. And here we go. And that's all we've done in free agency so far because we have no money. So we re-signed Aaron Jones and Corey Lindsley went to the Chargers. So that's going to help out Herbs over there. And that's great for him. But our O-line's now worse. And we're waiting for like the third wave of free agency for like who doesn't sign or hopefully a veteran wants to take a lot less money to come play. I'm hoping we get Richard Sherman comes and signs here. But that'd be cool. No, I had this conversation with Hayden at work, and there was a rumor that Aaron Jones was going to go to Miami, and I thought that was a good place for him. To was, I think people were calling him a bust, and it was like his first – he played like half a year and kind of an inconsistent offense. Or People were shutting the doors on Tua way too early. I think he's going to have – there's this graphic, sorry to get off topic, but there's this graphic on which QB is going to take the next step or a prospect or whatever. And there's like Burrow, Herbert, Tua, uh, IU, Claypool. There's a bunch, all the top rookies this year. And I was like, Burrow played like really good. There's not much of like a big step he can take in the sophomore season. Justin Herbert, I mean, the I think his big step would be MVP, which is like I think the people's pick at like twenty five to one or something like that. But I think Tua's in line to take the next big step because of how much he he didn't show a lot in his rookie season, and I think now they got Will Fuller, Devonte Parker, uh, Gaskin showed a lot last year, so I think Tua's in line for a pretty good sophomore season if he can maintain his health but I thought Jones was going to go there because AJ Dillon showed a ton of promise last year in the snaps that he got which I think why doesn't Green Bay just save some money keep AJ Dillon maybe bring in like a pass catching back or like trade for trade a late round pick you like trade like a late round pick for James White or maybe a couple free agent James White's a free agent Sign. I was just going to say, you spend $4 million instead and you sign James White for a year and you're like, hey, yeah. you want to come catch passes from Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Perfect. You get Thunder and Lightning, Dylan and White, you know? I think that would have been electric because you get a bargain on A.J. Dillon because I think he, I think in his sophomore season, he could have been maybe a 
950 to 1100 yard rusher he looked like he's got the talent for it yeah for sure and i thought that was a good deal for green bay and then use the money to go get a curtis samuel or maybe try and reconstruct reconstruct some contracts and get a kenny galladay because kc tampa bay they did that for some reason i don't know how it works but Oh, we added a year to Mahomes' contract. It saves $19 million in cap space. And it's like, well, how does that work? First yeah, of all, we're just going to push some of that money down the line. Yeah. <laughs> but so I think they should have saved the money and gone and got a receiver because they obviously missed that opportunity in free agents. In the draft. <laughs> or, yeah, in the draft. So although uh, how good of a – running back Aaron Jones is and I like him because he's on my dynasty team and I think he fits well in Green Bay I think it was he's almost like a receiver sometimes yeah Yeah. I think it was a better option though to go AJ Dillon just because of the money situation and you have bigger needs than a running back but I'm sitting in a chair at home and there's people running an NFL team so who, who am I right I guess so but either way you know we'll see what happens uh, maybe the only deal left to reconstruct on the Packers end is if you can get Rogers to reconstruct any of that deal. Yeah. And I don't know how pumped he is about the organization. So maybe if you came to him and you said like, Hey, we're trying to sign X receiver. <laughs> would you re- kind of, would you restructure, restructure your deal a bit so we can sign. I don't even know who's left at this point. I think. So Antonio Brown, he can come in and play opposite of. Sorry, who, uh, are, who are those receivers? I I missed that. You uh, glitched out. Oh, uh, I was just going to say, like, the only guy left, I think, is, like, Antonio Brown. There's He's, like, the only name left in free agency. There's T.Y. Hilton. Um, oh, T.Y. still, that's right. I'd be fine with that, too. But that's the thing, like, how much money are they going to cost? And would Rodgers restructure a deal to bring them in? Because I don't think he's restructuring to bring in, like, something else, like, I don't think he's pumped with the optics of Green Bay right now. Yeah, there's also Sammy Watkins, but I think he's only talking to two teams right now, the Colts Uh, and someone else. I read a report, but I forgot what team. But yeah, Packers been pretty boring free agency wise. We don't got a lot for it. Just Aaron Jones, and we'll see what shakes out. Yeah, your New England Patriots. My New England Patriots. I didn't want to bring it up. That's a busy team. That's a busy yeah. team. They're doing something they don't usually do. Spend money. Dude, I watched, uh, I saw a clip or like a quote from Robert Kraft today. Yeah. <laughs> and it was him talking about free agency. And he's like, you know, we usually laugh at these teams that, you know, that they win the off season and all this stuff. And they spend all this money and oh, like, I think we're going to be better next year. He's like, because it doesn't matter. Like, you see in the fall, he's like, but now we're in that position. And I think we've done pretty good. Yeah, it's not not statistically in their favor. Teams who spend a lot of money do well the following season. I would be very happy with all of these signings if we got a better throwing quarterback. Cam Newton just well, didn't show any promise last year. I know 
We didn't have any weapons. You had no one Dude. to throw to. Jacoby Myers was our number one receiver. Mind you, yeah. he did well. He looked but he's okay not a, for a but but he's, he's not, not a, so he's not a number one receiver. He's like good number two, great number three. Yeah. But Cam also threw a lot of balls to feet mm-hmm. and overthrew some people. A lot of them weren't the receiver's fault. Cam Newton just didn't have the juice. But if we have guys like Johnny Smith and Henry who can kind of make it a little bit easier on Cam with the shorter routes, maybe Johnny Smith's good at blocking, maybe gives him some more time. He doesn't feel so rushed all the time. Who knows? Maybe it's a, he has the confidence going into a year with a bigger contract, so he feels more like the team believes in him more. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the case. I don't know what, but hopefully Cam can maybe just be like 10 to 20% more accurate than last year or like 5 to 10 is a lot if you add it up. But there's well, like I some, mean, look at his... there's some touchdowns where he just like completely missed receivers. And it's like that's why you only have like, what, 12 throwing touchdowns this year? What? talking last year he didn't have a lot it was bad it was not yeah. a good year so i, I wish... look at it go ahead and i think i look at it oh okay belichick's brought him back for a second year i'm not going to question bill belichick as a coach yet <laughs> one bad year um with nothing to work with because your team yeah, dominated we... for 100 years so <laughs> you know he saw enough in cam to go like yeah like we're gonna give him this deal back so I assume he'll be better just in that regard alone, like a full off season, a full. I remember last year was a weird off season. You didn't yeah, get it was really weird. No real training camp. You couldn't gel with your receivers. Everyone's he got on COVID the... too. Yeah. So that kind of I oh. couldn't that can throw you off. Like, I'm, yeah, I've never had it, but it I've I've heard some horror stories with it, and like it affects everybody differently. So maybe that has to do with it. Right. So I look at it and I go, okay. Jacoby Myers is another year older, you know, more experienced. He should be better. You still have Julian Edelman, who was working off an injury. Yeah. So it's like, he'll be back. And then you look at Cam, you go, well, some of his best years in Carolina throw into Greg Olson, who, oh, Greg Olson's better than Hunter Henry and John U. Smith. In his prime, not anymore. But John U. Smith and Hunter Henry, that's nothing to shake your head at. That's two top 12 tight ends in the, in the league. And that's being oh. that's being generous. I think they're both in the top ten. Hunter Henry health problems. If he's healthy, mm-hmm. he's like top eight. I was he, hedging my bets. I just wanted to be safe, so yeah. I was at top twelve. Yeah. Sometimes if Hunter Henry stays healthy, of course he's like unreal. And John Smith had like a career year last year. Like he played really good. So. Mm-hmm. So it's like was, look yeah. at it. You're like the and you sign Nelson Aguilar. So between. Myers, Aguilar, Edelman, Smith, and Henry. None of those weapons are elite weapons, but they're all pretty good. Yeah. So if that O-line can just, you know, keep it so he doesn't have to freak out and run around the whole time, maybe you get a little bit more of old cam and less of the washed-up cam we saw last year. Full off-season, full training camp, no COVID, better weapons. You have to assume he's going to be better this year. Yeah, just like it's – a confidence factor because he got released like last year he got released and then it took him a while for teams to want him and then patriots are like 
yo, like, we'll give you a million bucks. And he's like, damn, I think I'm worth more. All that. Patriots obviously didn't have the cap space. So I'm assuming they would have signed mm-hmm. him to more had they had it. But I just think, all right, they are willing to bring me back now that they have the space. That means that they've believed in me the whole time. It was just a matter of situation and all that. He's got the confidence. He's like, a team wants me. They brought me back. That's huge going into an offseason. He plays a little bit more loose. And he's like, now I got two top 12 tight ends. Patriots, I don't know if you remember, but Aaron Hernandez and Gronk was an unreal year. So bringing the two tight end system back. And like you said, bringing in some like good receivers. Edelman's kind of lost his game. He's another year older, another knee surgery done despite it was cleanup but Aguilar who had a who had like a resurgence last year he didn't his last few years in Philly weren't that good so he had a resurgence in Vegas Jacoby Myers took a step up Bird even took a step up but he's kind of going to be in and out of the snaps and then Bourne from San Francisco he's a oh yeah he's a pretty good receiver he's not going to jump out at you but he's someone you can kind of like you can trust him to catch a ball so i'm happy with the offseason that they had and really it's going to be really interesting and not just on the offense but on the defense too bringing in mills judon you get some we didn't have yeah we didn't have hightower or patrick chung who just retired but yeah, we didn't have Hightower in the middle. We got Chase Winovich, who's another year into his career and he's solid. We have Uchi or Uche from Michigan. Uchi. So it's gonna be a very interesting year. I feel like we might end up trading Gilmore just because I've just heard rumblings about that. But really? we brought but we brought in Mills. So and hopefully Kyle Duggar can fill in the safety spot for Patrick Chung. Well, he had a decent year last year, so I'm excited, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting year. I think they do make the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's it's funny because it's like nowhere close to it last year, and then so it's like, can you turn it all around in one year? I'm, I would say, I am cautiously optimistic for the Patriots this year. Like, did all these moves, like, you've changed so much of your roster. So it's like, will they mesh? You never know, right? You think all, I remember Philly, like, what, like 10 years ago, they put together, like, the dream team, and it blew up in their face. And you're like, oh, how was this, how did this happen? They had so many, like, high-end signings and players, and then it just was like, didn't work for whatever reason, right? Just didn't gel. So who knows if something like that, but I think, I don't think you win your division. I think the bills yeah, probably still, I, th- I think it's the bills division for a while now with, especially with the yeah, year. Josh Allen had last year. Yeah. Unless cam has some resurgence where it's like cam's playing like a top 15 quarterback again, then you won't win the division, but yeah, making the playoffs. I think like, especially yeah. with the extra, the extra game, now, it's 17 game season now. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think the last game is like a playing game. So I think the X factor is going to be Cam. If he yeah. if he plays like himself, 
like or not necessarily 2015 cam because that was just unreal MVP. yeah like I don't, I don't think he's got that in him but if he just plays like even a couple steps better than last year if he's just like a bit more accurate with some of his passes and a bit more cautious with the ball like we had multiple chances to win games like we could have beat the bills last year but he fumbled on like the 25 mm-hmm. and we lost we were two yards away from beating the seahawks you know, there was just some plays where he just couldn't, like... It just wasn't going. Yeah, he couldn't capitalize. That's what I was looking for. He couldn't capitalize. And it slipped through our fingers. So, if he can just kind of fix that up. And with the roster turnover that you kind of brought up earlier, last year it wasn't necessarily a roster turnover, but it was still new players that current players had to gel with. Mm-hmm. Like Hightower, Chung... And, yeah, like, they sat out. They opted out. Cannon opted out. You know, Cam coming in as a new quarterback. Like, there's some new players that they're not used to. So, I think it's just going to be kind of the same thing, but you're bringing in better players. So, it's just, like, I think it's nothing – it's not going to be worse than last year. I was going to say, I'm confident that they'll be better than they were last year. Just a matter of – how much better did the Dolphins get? Because they got Will mm-hmm. Fuller, a full training camp with Tua. Yeah. You know, Devontae Luckily, Parker. the Jets will probably still suck. Yeah. I mean, um, I, don't know. I don't know how they can't. But, <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. But is were there any other free agents that stood out to you? Because I'm looking at the top 10 free agents according to – I don't know what site, but I got it off the internet. So the man on the internet said it was true. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't but, looking at any of the top, top ones. Like I'm assuming like Trent Williams is on that list. Yeah, but like all the all the top ten tight ends re-signed with their teams or got franchise tagged, except JJ Watt, who signed in Arizona, but that was like yeah. a while ago. So there isn't really much to talk about. It's when you get outside of the top 10, that's when there's a lot of new sightings. But what stood out to you? Because there are some big ones. I'll quick hit you with a couple just that like made me pop a little bit. I was like, oh, either like that's exciting or that's funny or I hope this works out for you. So the first one in the category of, man, I hope this works out for you. AJ Green, going to the desert, signing in Arizona. The, he's 33 years old. Can he like recreate some of that magic he used to have? There's no pressure because he's not yeah. brought in as like the guy. They have the best wide receiver core from five years ago. Now in <laughs> like you got DeAndre Hopkins, still elite, still all world. You're like he's sick. still a, he's still a top like three receiver yeah, in the league. Top five team. easy. Easily in top three is a debate. So you're like, okay, so you still have him. You got Christian Kirk, who just kind of looks better and better as time goes on. Super, yeah. It's all reliable. Larry Fitzgerald's still there, who is like, his, he's not fast anymore, but he can still run a route crisp, and he still has good hands. He's and good he within – he's going to be great within, like, 15 yards, Fitz. Exactly. Like, what do I need? Three yards? Perfect. What's up, Larry? Yeah. And so, and then you got – you bring A.J. Green, and you're like, there's no – we don't need to rely on him. Yeah, isn't that he can just he's gonna be there, he'll be there two or three every play or yeah. four. So it's just like I'm hoping I always like had a soft spot for Arizona because they never win, 
<laughs> it's like they're always that team that should be better than they are. Yeah, hundred percent. So, you know, Kyler Murray looks legit. I like their receiving group. So I got AJ Green in there. Super fun. Number two, this is a big move. Number one receiver on the market, Kenny. Oh gosh, Galladay. Going to New York, signing with the G-Men. I was really hoping. I was like, come on, Packers, move all the money around. <laughs> move all the money around. You can have Devontae and Kenny on the same team and just dominate. But we didn't do it. I didn't think we would. It's like a pipe dream. But you know, so what I thought was fun about that is dream. like exactly. Come on, coach. Uh so Daniel Jones, is he legit? Right? That's kind of the question. Is like, how good is Daniel Jones? He hasn't really had uh like a legit number one guy. And you know, you can argue that Kenny Galladay is not a number one receiver, but if he's not like a number one, he's like the best number two you could have. Yeah, he's like a fringe, but I think he's a number one. Yeah, like but I don't he's think not- he's elite but I think he's a yeah. number one receiver. I don't know if there's 32 yeah. better receivers in the league than him. I agree. Right? I agree. So you get him now. And so it's like, okay, Daniel Jones, you finally have that. They've, I think they fixed a bit of their online issues. So that's what interest that not so much that he went there, but it's like, what does this mean for Daniel Jones? Cause this is kind of a put up or shut up year. It's not, you're not a rookie. It's not your second year. So I think it's his third year playing full time um yeah third it's his fourth yes third or fourth i think Mm. third is accurate third no this is his fourth i think no third either way either way if you're listening at home it's fourth one year it doesn't matter this is the seven is he 40 (laughs) oh my god my god that's brett Favre. um he's on the tv 12 diet (laughs) exactly I drink water and that's it. No, TV uh, TV 13 because of all the turnovers he fucking yeah. throws. It's just not quite there. So this is it for him. So that I liked. Um, I always liked you, your rival, the Buffalo Bills, and they brought in Emmanuel Sanders. I think that's I a great thought, signing. It's just kind of one of those ones where, like, you already have an elite guy in Diggs, and it's like you have the sneaky athletic white guy in Cole Beasley. And then it's underappreciated like, and, receiver. Underappreciated yeah. receiver. And then you see bringing Emmanuel Sanders, where it's like he's a low end two, high end three at this point. Yeah. But he's reliable. He's solid. I think him going to the Bills is gonna be what everyone hoped he would be going to the Saints. If that makes any sense. No, I get you. Because when he went to the Saints, they were like, oh, we got a solid number two now. Like Sanders put him in the lock for like 700 yards, like easy. Like he's going to be a solid option every game. But Drew Brees was shot last year and he couldn't throw. Well, you were missing Michael Thomas for a yeah. bit. Yeah. So it's like, well, now you got to throw him in as a one. And then you had Taysom Hill as your quarterback. <laughs> so, <that sucks. laughs> so it's like, yeah. So now he goes to Buffalo where, you know, that's a solid wide receiver set there now. They got decent running back. So I like that. And uh, in the same area as AJ Green, he's got no pressure. No and he, pressure. And he's with a possible MVP candidate, so he just needs to basically get open, and then Josh yeah. Allen and Josh Allen can buy time, 
so we can find him. Drew Brees was like, he sits back and he's like, if you're not open within five seconds, I'm throwing a check down to Kamara or a slant to Thomas. If you're not like, if you're not open past 20 yards, I'm sorry, but I'm not throwing to you, which is, which really affected Sanders. Mm -hmm. But I think going to Buffalo, he's like a number two, I think number three receiver because I think Cole Beasley's solidified himself as a number two there. But there's no pressure with Sanders. Yeah, it sucks that, like, he's not quite good enough anymore that he's going to, like, pull a lot of coverage away from Diggs. But Diggs will pull enough coverage that it's like when he was playing with Michael Thomas where it's like, yeah, he can get open because it's on the other guy who's really good. So, yeah, I like that signing. And then my last one is just – I. it's not so much an interesting signing as it is a hilarious signing. So, duh, Bears. (laughs) offered everything apparently that you saw that leak that they offered the seahawks like two first round picks a second round pick and like i saw three i saw three first oh that's right yeah three first another pick i'm assuming mitch trubisky or like some or nick Foles probably because he's still under contract and like another roster player for russell wilson it's like please god give us him we have nothing and seattle's like no (laughs) first <laughs> like okay it's all right fans don't worry we're gonna bring in somebody we're gonna compete come on andy bring it in <laughs> hey, you sign andy, don't, and don't hey, get me uh, wrong hey red hey red rocket uh would you like the to red play rifle <laughs> the red rifle so like don't get me wrong i think andy dalton played pretty good in dallas last year yeah but and there's a big butt. Dallas like has a butts. lot better weapons. <laughs> yeah. Chicago has Allen Robinson, who they franchise tagged like a bunch of scumbags because he doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Like, you still have A Rob, but then it's like, who else? They're trading Anthony Miller, apparently. Like they want to, they yeah, want to have that, uh, the rookie from last year. I can't remember his name. Mims? No. Somebody. They had a receiver who was pretty good. That looked okay as the season went on. But either way, I thought it was super funny. I think it's hilarious that my division, I have Aaron Rodgers. Fucking GOAT, baby. (laughs) One of the best quarterbacks ever. It's like, well, who's in our division? The Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins. He's the second best quarterback in my division. (laughs) Sweet. Jared Goff. And you're like, and coming up in last place, the Chicago Bears and... Andy Dalton. <laughs> it's like, all right, let's that's six games a year. Yeah, <laughs> that's like that should be as long as Rogers is healthy. That's at least four wins. You're at least going four and two in the division next year. At least because it's a division game, so you never know. Like I assume yeah. we beat at least the Lions or Bears both times, and then let's say you split with one of them and the Vikings because the Vikings are decent. They've made they made some moves on defense. Actually, I was like, oh fuck. Yeah, they got Patrick P. Who it's like Patrick Peterson isn't who he was before. Devontae will just eat his ass up, but it's fine. But those that was my uh, those were my free agency picks that I was like, that's that's what I like. One that stood out to me, and I don't know if it kind of cancels out because they released two offensive linemen, but Joe Tooney to the Chiefs on a five-year, yep. $80 million contract. And I don't know if you watched the Super Bowl. Big money, big hole. But yeah, I don't know if 
you saw the Super Bowl, but um, they, they didn't. Yeah, do you know what the Super Bowl is? If I'm not mistaken, I yeah. think it's Latin for fuck you, Tom Brady. I'm hey. tired of your shit. Hey, you old man. Take that uh, back. Take that ah! back. <laughs> I needed Super Bowl number 204 on my fingers. I have too many rings. All right, that's everything. enough. That's enough. Corey, where can they find you? He's a Trump supporter. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Chiefs had no help in the Super Bowl. And I know Eric Fisher hurt tearing his Achilles was a big part of that. But I'm pretty sure he's getting up there in age. So what do they do? They go out and get Joe Tooney, who is a very solid very good guard on the Patriots. So I like that signing for the Chiefs because it was something that they needed. They needed help. And they went went out and got it. And one that was very important. And I brought it up last episode, and that was Dak Prescott. They find like they re-signed a quarterback that they needed to keep. If they didn't keep him, that was going to be something they would regret, like a ton. Oh yeah, because, you knew they were going to. You can't yeah. not sign an elite franchise quarterback. You know, like what are you going to let him walk and then do what? <laughs> exactly, and like they didn't really have a choice. And as you've heard, probably. That injury to Dak was the best thing that could happen to him because it just showed how valuable he was to the Cowboys because they, I think they won like two games without him. More than that, but they they were good. They were heavily impacted by his loss. But also, there's one I want to shout myself out (laughs) and a little bit of a humble brag, but I want to pat myself on the back. Because time for the press last episode, mm-hmm. my, my friend Brock Smeltzer said, who should the Jags sign in free agency? And, you know, they're kind of obviously rebuilding. They had one of the better defenses in like 2015 to 2017. They had a really good defense. Jalen Ramsey, Calais Campbell, Ngakwe. A lot of good players. They're all gone. And they don't really have anything else. So who should they go after? I think solidifying that defense would help. And I said, I think they should sign Shaquille Griffin because he is a solid cornerback Mm -hmm. who could be a good starting piece to rebuild in that team. Because if you can stop their receivers, at least buy some time for your defensive lineman to get to the quarterback, then it may result in some stops, three and outs, more time for the offense. Trevor Lawrence. I understand the game of football, yes. <laughs> and the Jags went and signed Shaquille Griffin. It was a good pickup. Which I was stoked about. I was like, yo, I called that. Pat me on the back. Sign me ESPN. I deserve a contract. I should be an insider. It's been patting you on the back, baby. Thank Pat you. But I thought that was a good sign about the Jags because they got some help in the secondary and yeah it's just like it's not too expensive he's obviously not like one of the best in the game but he's a solid piece so I thought that was a good signing and I just had one here or did I it's a mystery to me oh Ryan Fitzpatrick to the Washington football 
It's magic. <laughs> I thought that was a huge signing because Great. they also brought in Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel, and Ronald Darby. Ooh, the Derby, the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. So I think the Fitzpatrick signing was huge because I love the because uh, what uh, else to prepare or teach Heineke is Fitzmagic, the guy who basically told Tua to not be scared to throw interceptions. I don't know if you saw that mic'd up video. <laughs> Did you see that? No, I didn't. He's basically <laughs> talking to Tua, and he's like, "Yo, don't be afraid to just throw it. Like, don't don't give a shit. Just like if you think." If you see a split second, throw it. If you see an open window, attack it. You think Don't, you can hit it, yeah. do it. And <laughs> the comments are like, I love how he's basically just telling him to like, don't be afraid to throw like four interceptions. Yeah. Maybe you <laughs> leave Fitzpatrick it. alone. Yeah. He is like the world's best, like in between starter. Be like, you haven't figured out your franchise quarterback yet, but you think you have, but he's too young. Call me. He's the definition of a placeholder. He's a definition of a placeholder quarterback. He's great. And people talk like I've heard like, oh, like it's gonna be a quarterback competition in Washington for the football team this year. And who's gonna it's like we all know it's gonna be Fitzpatrick. Yeah, we all know the man's gonna start the year as your starter. We're like, what are you yeah. talking about? He's gonna start the year, he's gonna look like the MVP for four weeks. Yeah, <laughs> and then you'll realize why he's not an everyday starter in the NFL. <laughs> And that's going to be that. But when that happened, when that happened, I immediately was like, yo, this is definitely a signing for the organization, not necessarily the team, but the organization. Do you know how many jerseys are going to sell? Fitzpatrick. People love him. He's the people's quarterback. Everyone loves the. Everyone loves Fitzmagic, and the jersey sales are good. Money's going to come into the organization. Yes, Obviously, every, every team lost some COVID year. So, Fitzmagic, the football team, I think that was a huge signing, and I Big loved man. it. <laughs> I loved it. But, yeah, were there um, – before we kind of wrap up NFL free agency – is there anything kind of else that stood out to you? There's some wide receiver signings and some re-signings, but I have a couple, like, questions at the end of the episode that will kind of bring us back to this. So, The only other thing I thought was funny was Trent Williams signed to be the highest-paid offensive lineman in football, uh, previously title held by my Packer, David Bakhtiari. And he didn't like blow it out of the water. I can't remember how much more money it was, but it was like less than a hundred dollars more in the contract. Like seriously, he just wanted to like him and Bakhtiari are buddies apparently, and so he did it as like a like just a little bit of a like I'm better than you. Like I'll take <laughs> what he's got plus a hundred dollars or something. It's like he just went past him. Can you so just that make was a it, fun little move? Can you make the contract so like the tax bumps it up just a bit? Yeah. <laughs> just a smidge yeah <laughs> so just i saw a, that just a tickle above him but yeah that's a free agency and we'll probably come back to that but the nhl Ooh. and there was, there was a lot that happened in the nhl some teams got hot some teams got cold and i want to talk mainly this is a vancouver-based podcast purple Clothing specifically 
So I want to talk some of the Canucks. And they've been hot as of late because they've been riding the goalie that they should have been riding the whole entire fucking year. And that is the name of Thatcher Demko. Boy, this guy has been playing. He's been dominating games. Dominating. He'll let in four goals, but he'll have 45 saves. The game could easily be 8 nothing, but it's 3-1 instead. Thatcher Demko's been playing like a Vesna candidate as of late. And I think it's been the month of Demko. What have you seen that has stood out to you from the Canucks in general in the month of March as of late specifically? Because they're like they're like seven and two in the month of March. Like they've been dominating. I will say that they have not been dominating. As a team, they've been getting wins. But dominating, I would I will not give them that. I will give Thatcher Demko all the credit in the world. The guy has in his last 10 games, he's got a 951 save average. Average. So it's like he's been a little worse than that sometimes, a little better. He's only had one shutout in the last 10 games. So it's not like he had like four shutouts and it like bumped his numbers way up. Yeah. He is. Brock Besser gets to kind of make a case for Canucks MVP also this year because he's yeah. been unreal. But he's been consistent. He's been a lot more. He's been the most consistent Canucks player, I think. Not only has he been consistent, but like consistent at a high level. Yeah, he's for sure. Going, I don't know. I haven't looked at anything about the game today, but going it, into tonight, he was tied for seventh or eighth in the NHL goal scoring race. He's got had 16 coming in to the game like he's only getting beat by guys like Ranton and Matthews McDavid <laughs> Tyler to Foley uh but God. <laughs> uh he yeah but Demko is the MVP this year he has been the only reason the Canucks have been winning these games in March sure there's like okay the Canucks have been playing better like yeah. you look at Demko's numbers from the beginning of the year it's why he won't win the Vezina because like we were the whole team was such ass to start the year that Demko's numbers weren't great. His numbers were in the 800s a lot for save percentage. You're like, well, yeah, everybody sucked. No one was playing great. Demko wasn't playing bad, but the team was playing so bad that him playing decent just looks terrible. So now you look and you're like, yeah, this team's, we won all these games in March. And I see this dumb shit from like Elliot Friedman saying, well, the Jim Benning might say the Canucks were, are, were planning to be sellers, but with the way the team's playing of late, they look like they might not do that at the deadline and it makes me want to punch myself in the fucking head Jevin <laughs> because this I'm, I know we'll get to the Canucks in a second so I'll just keep it on, on Demko well, I mean, we're on the Canucks right now you just just talk your talk King <laughs> okay we'll start with Demko it was the right move to let Markstrom walk in free agency I, I agree good job Jim Benning you made the right call Six by six is too much, I think. At much too old, too much money. Yeah. Demko, he's his contracts up this year. He is, doesn't have a big enough sample size that he's going to command big money. Is he uh, up so, this year? I think he has a year left. Yes, he he's no. This is a, we got to sign him after this year. He's an RFA. Um, okay. So he's team controlled. So he's not going anywhere. But he's not going to make five million dollars or anything like that. I assume it'll be a bridge deal. I'm guessing like a three year contract, kind of what Bennington's last deal was. Yeah. So he's going to make like 3 million or three, like 4 million as like the top end of it, probably for like two to three years. 
and then we'll see where it goes from there. So that's great. It sucks that we paid, we're paying Holtby over $4 million to be here, but what are you going to do? I thought he was going to be a, better than he has been yeah. for sure. So it's like, he could still turn around. I don't know. He was kind I'm of just, washed in Washington and he's been kind of washed here. So I'm just happy we didn't give him term. Like, I think it, exactly. I, I saw, I saw the cap hit and I was like, ah, uh, 4.8 is a little high, but then I saw it was only like a two year deal. And I was like, I can live with that. Hopefully he can, hopefully Seattle picks him up for some reason, but I doubt they will. But yeah. even after that, we only have him for a year. It's not like we assigned him to like a Jay Beagle or Roussel contract. Um, deal. Yeah, Tyler Myers. Like we didn't sign him to that. Like undeserving money. We gave him hope being Ian Clark can kind of turn him around. But yeah, exactly. So it's like not the end of the world. But Demko has been God mode most of the year. If he can play the way he's played over the last 10 games for the rest of the season, then he gets to be in the Vezina talk. I still think it's Vasilevsky's to lose. Guy's been fucking all world this year, just killing it. So I think it's his race. Plus he's got like, I've always, the Vezina always has that weird bias of like, a goalie needs to have been around for a little while before writers will vote them in for the Vezina. Like no one's going to call Thatcher Demko the best goalie in hockey in an award this year. He just hasn't yeah. played long enough. So it's like Flurry's having a good year. They would give it to Flurry before they gave it to him. Connor Hellebuck, they'd give it to him. They'd give it to Andre Vasilevsky, deservedly so. So it's like, I think he's proven that like he's a number one goalie. He looks like he's he's moved himself from like, oh, that's maybe a piece the Canucks are going to want to keep for the future to like a core piece of our team. He's joined Pedersen, he's joined Hughes, he's joined Besser and Horvat. Like he's in that group of guys now, where it's For like, sure. yeah, we, this is who we're gonna win with in three years when we can compete again. Hundred percent. So yeah, but moving on to the Canucks as a whole, winning these stupid games, being like, well, we're only two points, we're only two points out of, out of the playoff picture right now, even though we've played four more games than everybody. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. That's like, good. We're, we're barely getting by in most of these wins with your goalie playing lights out hockey. Yeah. So it's not that the team, like the team's playing better. They look better than they did before because we played like the worst team in hockey. Our points percentage is bottom four in the league. It's, like the Canucks are good. They're yeah, bad. They're a bad team this year because we don't have the horses to win the race yeah. so the fact that jim benning might not be a seller at the deadline makes me want to reach through my screen and punch that moron in the head because it's it's asinine and i talk like i'm in this fantasy league with like 30 other dudes it's like a full bore thing full like it's a whole thing and we have our like discord chat and we're talking about the canucks I've got these yahoos telling me that it's like, oh no, like the Canucks are pretty good and oh, they shouldn't be sellers and like they got a chance. I'm like, what do you mean? What are you watching? They're like, maybe we can, like, I would rather re sign Sutter and Pearson to like team friendly deals next year. I'm like, what are you talking about? I want the Canucks to trade Brandon Sutter for anything they can get. 
Tanner Pearson, I know he's hurt, so maybe that fucks it up, for anything you can get. Jamie Ben for anything you can get. You go up to Alex Edler and you say, Alex, will you wave for us this year? He'll probably say no, but you have to ask him because for Alex Edler, you can at least get a second or third round pick. Every single UFA, you take listen and you take the offers. And I don't care if it's not very good. You take what you can get because this is a weird off season with the expansion draft and the flat cap. So you'll be able to take advantage of teams that are going to lose good, like the Canucks aren't going to lose anybody good in the expansion draft because we suck. The Canucks don't have seven forwards worth worry. Like there's not an eighth guy that you're scared you're going to lose. There's not a fourth yeah. guy on defense that you're scared you're going to lose. Who are the Canucks going to protect on defense? You don't have to protect Quinn Hughes. So that's out of the window. So you're like, okay. Are you, even if he's a pending RFA? No, because he hasn't played Hill of, he will only have played two pro seasons. So you don't have to protect him. He falls under the exemption list, Quinn Hughes. So you don't have to protect him. Why do we have to re-sign him after this year? No, his contract's up, but he's not uh, for the expansion draft. Like there's certain parameters players have to meet before they're like eligible to be protected. So like all your okay. rookies, your draft picks, like guys who haven't played at a pro level in the AHL or the NHL for more than two seasons, you don't have to protect them. So like okay. Quinn Hughes, we don't have to waste a slot of protection. He's automatically protected. Interesting. Like for the Canucks, there's so you're going to protect three defensemen because you're going to put seven seven forwards, three defensemen, two goalies, or eight skaters and two and and sorry and one goalie. So you're going to protect Nate Schmidt, and then what other two Canucks defensemen are you going to protect? You're like, I don't know, Yulevi, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Or you expose him and you say, Seattle, take this $6 million off our hands. I expose Myers. He's having a decent year this year. Expose Myers, though, because I'd rather him gone. But if he doesn't get picked up, then I guess we just have to suck it up. But like, So the Canucks, well, if you trade your pending UFAs for anything you can get, you could look at a team that's going to lose a player. You look at Carolina and like, William Fogel, solid yeah. top nine forward, but they aren't going to have space to save a guy like that because they yeah. have, they have, they're too good. They have too much depth. So they're like, oh, we're going to have to lose somebody. And the Canucks would be like, Hey, instead of losing him for nothing, we'll give you a fourth round pick. And then you take that free player and you plug him next year into your top nine because you have a protected slot for him now, because who are the Canucks going to protect up front? Pedersen, Horvat, Besser, Miller. That's four. You have three slots left. I guess Adam Gaudet. I, I want to protect McEwen. Okay, but even then, even yeah. if you don't protect McEwen, if the Canucks lose McEwen, does it matter? No. Exactly. We don't have good, <laughs> there's not good enough players in Vancouver yeah. for it to matter. So it's like, take anything you can get now. I would even trade, like, I love Tyler Mott. But at the end of the day, he is a fourth-line player that can play on your third if you need him. Like, he's an energy guy. Yeah. Sometimes teams are willing to overpay a little bit at the deadline for a guy like that. Yeah, for sure. So I'm listening to offers. If someone, for some reason, was like, we'll give you a second-round pick for Tyler Mott, fucking do it. Yeah. Get rid of him. Because – 
as we've seen with the Canucks picking guys up off waivers from the Leafs in Jimmy VC and Travis Boyd, you can get competent bottom six players for very cheap. You don't have to pay them three and a half million dollars like Beagle and Roussel. You just get those guys for cheap. So you yeah. can replace a guy like Mott. The other guy, and this is my hot take, sizzling. I want the Canucks to trade JT Miller. Now, I, no, I... If you can get a decent haul for him, I don't hate it. I love JT Miller, but sometimes he just like doesn't have it. Not even for that reason. Yeah. The guy's played since he's been in Vancouver at a point per game pace, which is very good. This year he's got, I don't know how many games we've played 30 something games, but he has like 29 points in like 34 games, like really good numbers. Yeah. He has, like, people have been, like, his attitude problem this year. It's like, well, he's playing on a shit team with a bunch of losers who suck at hockey. I'd be pissed, too. He's an emotional guy. That's how he plays. The Canucks traded a first-round pick, a third-round pick, and a mean-nothing prospect, a guy who's never going to play in the NHL. So who cares? There's teams that I assume you could look at and be like, hey, Toronto, Kyle Dubas, you're looking for a – top six forward to help you guys get in the playoffs into the thing. What is Toronto missing in that top six? A little sandpaper, maybe a little grit. You got Tavares, you got Matthews, you got Marner, you got Nylander. Yeah. Those guys aren't, those guys aren't shaking things up. You say, Hey, Toronto, we'll give you JT Miller for a first round pick Rasmus Sandin or Timothy Liljegren. And then maybe, or Matt Robertson, like they have good prospects. We're like, if you want this guy, he signed for another two years. And that's why I want the Canucks to trade him because the Leafs, this just as the example for the trade teams that are in a win now mode will take a guy like JT Miller, who's on a good contract at 5.25 for two more seasons. He's in, he's never going to get better than he is now though. He's 28. So are the Canucks going to win the cup in the next two years? No. Probably not. So when his contract's up, he's 30 years old. He's an unrestricted free agent. If he keeps up how he's playing now, he's going to make what? At least $7 million on the open market. A guy who plays at almost a point per game that's like physical and feisty and plays anywhere you need him to, lines up on the wing, lines up in center. Yeah. He's going to be highly sought after. So if you're the Canucks, you're like, well, this offseason, we got to pay Quinn Hughes. That's 7 or $8 million. You got to pay Elias Pettersson. That's seven or eight million dollars you're like okay probably nine right so it's like and then in two years you still and then the year after that you have to pay brock besser again that's going to be seven million dollars you're going to have to pay bo horvat in two more years i think he's going to make more than he's making now so you're like you don't have room to pay a 30 year old what's going to take probably a six-year deal so it's like do you want to tie that much money up in that guy no so for once for once please be proactive. Yeah. Look Let's ahead and go, we are not going to win the cup for the next couple of years. Jim Benning came out and said it himself. He's like, well, after seven years, we're still a couple of years away. You're like, okay, great fucking job. So if we're still two years away in your mind, trade the guy who's never going to get better than he is now for pieces that will help us win in a couple of years. I did. It makes me so mad. It makes me want to rip my own face off because it's just like, if you say we're not ready yet, we're not ready for a few years. You brought this guy in and it was a great move. 
It was yeah. a great move, paid off 100%. But fucking ROI, baby, you return on the investment. You paid that, you can get a lot more for them now. You can get a first round pick back plus a top prospect plus. So like, okay, if it was the Leafs, you're getting Alex Kerfoot back in that deal because they need to move money, obviously. Kerfoot, solid top nine player, right? Yeah, solid yeah. top nine winger. He's better than Tanner Pearson. I'd rather have him on Bo's wing than Pearson. So you're like, all right, fine, fuck it. He's probably a third line guy on a good team, but we're not good. So you get yeah. Kerfoot, a first, a top prospect, and like a B-level prospect. Why not? I think we'd have to give up something with Miller for that haul. I don't think you would. The Canucks so. got Miller yeah, for a, a first. Yeah, we got Miller for a first round pick, a third round pick, and a dusty prospect. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's played well, but you got to think about. I know the Leafs are kind of desperate to move money, but I think Miller, a first round pick, and a prospect kind of wipes out. So I think we might have to throw in like a what? An okay prospect? Miller and Vertanen. I see Vertanen as negative value. But if a team wants him, Miller, they have him. <laughs> Mil- Miller and Gaudet for a first-round pick, Sandine, Kerfoot, and a player in the minors. Because we also have Pod Colson coming over, too. Yeah, I would do so. it. So I, I'm, I'm just like, thinking with Miller, GMs are smart these days and execs are smart. They're going to have the same thought you are. He's not going to get better than what he is now. He might play around the same level, but it's going to be on a steady decline. So we got to kind of get but i don't even think he'll decline like i think he's got this in him for the rest of his contract that's this year plus two more seasons so that's a lifetime no for sure but like you just gotta try and get at least some sort of young prospect back if you're giving one away for a player who only has two years left if you're giving up a first round pick i love miller but i do think you gotta add a little incentive to get a first round pick and some prospects back but I, I like the minimum they can get a first and a top prospect. I think them. they can too. I just think they have to give another piece to the team, like something like a not like a not like a top prospect. Like I'm not saying that. Don't give him Pod Colson or Hogwarts. Oh God, no. Like, or I wouldn't even give him Yolevi because I think Yolevi's been like, I don't even know why he's not in our top six defenseman every single night he's been our second or third best d man mm-hmm. when he's playing like i i don't understand that i i know development but dude he's he's shown he belongs he's an nhler so i don't get that but yeah like a cole lind or maybe even miller and like a mid pick like a fifth something and i'd be fine with that like yeah. if you have to I, tweak the deal to make it work yeah fine. But it's like I wouldn't give up any other piece that's like valuable. No, same here. Something that's like yeah. semi-valuable. Yeah, same here. But, but yeah, I don't know. I fucking Canucks. They'll probably win a couple more games. And be like, we're too close to making the playoffs, and they won't make any moves. And Jim Benning's gonna come up and be like, we ran out of time. Yeah, it's gonna. <laughs> That'll be that. Yeah, it's gonna rattle my cage. But anyways. The Maple Leafs, they've been kind of on a slump. They've won their last game, but they've lost six of eight. Mm-hmm. Should they be worried? Like, should they really be buyers going into deadline, or do you think they can kind of go on a 
decent run with the roster they have now. Should they press the panic button? Not at all. I think they're definitely buyers in here, especially this year, because the first two rounds for them will be in the North Division. Yeah. None of those teams are that good. The Leafs are the best team in this division, and you'd be a fool to argue that they're they're not. They have their deficiencies, but I think they definitely add, and at some point, they have to, like, not choke in the playoffs, but they're slumping right now. They're not looking great. They'll turn it around. I'm not worried about them. I think they buy at the deadline. Freddie Anderson will probably turn it around a little bit. Guys going through a bad stretch. Jack Campbell's looking pretty good. Yeah, them. he has been looking good. Right? He's a guy that's never really gotten a fair shake at the NHL level yet. Like, he was a 10th overall pick in 2010. A huge pedigree, like, draft. Like, yeah, this is the next guy, next guy, next guy, next guy. Sort of like Jacob Markstrom. Yeah. Just like, is it ever going to? And then maybe now he starts to blossom. I like, I looked and like, I know he's played really well lately, like in his starts for the Leafs this year, but I think they've invested too much in Freddie Anderson that he's got a long, he's got a long leash in Toronto. The leash is shortening up a little bit. You know, they're starting to pull back on him, but mm-hmm. I still think it's his crease and yeah. there's just too much talent in Toronto. I think for them to like, they're going to make the playoffs. Right. They're probably going to be the number one seed in the North, yeah. which means they probably get to play calgary or winnipeg in the first round yeah so you're like that should be a win yeah especially with how campbell's been playing they're confident with going kind of like a two goalie tandem and not giving like seven straight starts to freddie so yeah but a big headline i thought that was very interesting smith pelly byfield and thomas in the ahl for the king's farm team they were the first all black line since i believe the black aces in in the 40s I thought that was really cool. That kind of jumped out to me. Um, another quick couple headlines. Keith Yandel hit a thousand games. The song master himself. And it's, I, it's crazy to think that he was going to be a healthy scratch at the beginning of the year. The rumors Keith with that. Yandel is one of the best and most consistent defensemen in the NHL over the last 10 years. Yeah, And if he didn't spend his entire career in Florida and Arizona, people would respect the man. But like he's he's gotten 40. He's either been on pace for or gotten at least 40 points every year. Yeah. Like, what more do you want? Like, like the guy is just like fucking solid. Yeah. <laughs> it blows like he's in Florida now. And you're like, yeah, I hope that Florida plays. Well, makes a good run. Keith Yandel deserves it. I don't like, I didn't know he'd like, like I always forget that he's been around this long. Yeah, this I know. Is, like, he doesn't strike me as an old guy, but I'm like, oh shit. It's wild. Florida, 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 New York for a year. Arizona, 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 Arizona. You're like, yeah. yeah, this is why nobody knows you, man. I think the stint in New York really helped him kind of get his name a bit more out there but i mean if i'm yandel why leave florida i mean you're well, yeah living. at this point right yeah you're living unless your contract's up they don't want to resign you and you just ask to get traded to like a contender 
but I'm the contender now, baby. Yeah, Florida's like doing really well with Barkov and Huberto, but dude, Yandel's I don't know how he does it. He's he's on the TV 12 diet, he's got the magic stuff from Space Jam. (laughs) He just keeps rolling. But we kind of brought up the Rangers for a hot second, and something went down at MSG a few days ago. And someone by the name of Mika Zibanejad had a six-point period. Bump not in six, the slump. <laughs> not six-point night. He had a six-point period. The Rangers defeated the island, defeated the Flyers, 9 nothing, and put up seven goals in the second period. Mika Zibanejad had three primary, a three, a natural, three primary assists, and then he had a natural hat trick right after. So six straight points came off Mika Zibanejad, which is absolutely absurd. (laughs) Just silly. The guy's been like not good this year, and it's funny because he's like a number one center. Bad year. Just an, then, just an off year. Every player has it, but yeah, he just hasn't been able to put it together. Just want to remind everybody how good he actually is. Yeah. Fucking six yeah. points. Just nutty. And then I think his next game, didn't he have like another two goals or something? Yeah, I don't even know, but. He woke himself up. Yeah, he had. I think he had four goals and. Or like three goals. And like seven assists or like 10 assists going into that game. And then now he has seven goals and 13, 20 points. I mean, not his 40 goals that he had last year. He probably won't get to that level this year, but he just like, he showed again that like he's capable of having big games. So it was really good to see. And the Sabres, the Buffalo Sabres is just official. Jack Eichel has just officially been put on the IR. It's probably going to be up for the rest of the season. He could have potentially have played his last game. And yeah, but dude, tire fire. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Corey, do you have time for a few time for the press questions? Hit me real quick. All right. So this one comes from Braden Perry. Who's had the best NFL free agency so far? Uh, by so, default. I, I put down teams. Uh-huh. Who you got? I got brought the Patriots. They made a lot of signings. I think the Chiefs have had a really good one with signing Tooney. I think they really fulfilled, fulfilled the need. The Bucks they didn't necessarily bring anyone in, but they reconstructed in a way to bring everyone back, yep. which I think is key. Shaq Barrett, Levante David, still got to work on A.B. and Leonard Fournette. But, you know, the Godwin, Washington football team, bringing in some experience with Oops. Magic, bringing in another weapon in Samuel, who is really highly touted this free agency, and then Darby to solidify the secondary. And then the Giants. They get their number one big body receiver. They get Adore Jackson to help the secondary out through your $39 million contract. And they brought back Leonard Williams on a big contract. So I think they had a really have had a good offseason so far. But how about you? What? I'm going. I'm going with the Bucks. Yeah, and I, I don't want to say it, but I'm, it sucks for me. But yeah, you know they they looked around. They were like, we like our team here. We like what we did. 
they're going to bring everybody back, try and run it back again. I yeah. don't think they they got team friendly deals with everything really. They still have Fournette and Brown to sign, but like I know Antonio Brown's still really good, but they still have Mike Evans and uh, um, Chris Godwin. So it's like you're fine in receivers, yeah. and we all know that running backs are a dime a dozen. They still have the rookie Keshawn Vaughn. They still, I think Ronald Jones is still signed. I think he's still signed, yeah. You still have pieces there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they can't get Fournette, if Tom Brady's like, hey, Bruce, sign James White for a million dollars. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Uh, Like, Bronk came back even. It's like Cameron Bray will be back. OJ Howard, I think. Like, I don't know if those guys were free agents or not, but if they're still back. I don't know. Right? So, I think I'll give it to Tampa Bay. Um, This one comes from BGoff73, guest of the show. We kind of brought it up earlier, but will there be any trades between? Oh, no. Trades you think Canuck should make? You said JT Miller, Pearson, all those. Everybody. Uh, I agree. But he also said, will there be any trades between countries? Because the 14-day quarantine. I have an answer, and I was like, it depends who the buyers are. Exactly. If, I don't think. Because the U.S. restrictions are different. Yeah. Because if you go back to the Lionel Dubois trade, Line A played like five games before Dubois could even mm-hmm. get on the ice. So it depends who's selling and buying. If Toronto wants to buy, I think they have to go within Canada. Or if it's someone they really want, then they'll go in the States. But I think the 14 days really affects the Canadian teams. But if you're selling, then I don't think it really matters. It's why I think there might be some more action before the deadline. Yeah, like, it's funny. It's a catch 22 because it's only a 56 game season. So teams are like, are we going to be in the playoffs? Or are we selling? Five? Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do. But then you're like, if I want a guy, if if you're the Leafs and you're trying to get Anthony Mantha from the Red Wings, you're like, ah, I want to get this deal done quick so I can use him as much as we can. I'm going to pay all this capital. That's why I look at it like the Canadian teams. Maybe they're going to be more willing to deal with each other this year than they yeah. usually would. Same with like in the States. States obviously there's way more options, but I think you'll. I think it's not going to stop a team from making a deal. Yeah, I think it's kind of risky though with the Canadian teams because you got to worry about because it's going to be different after this season potentially. So mm-hmm. the divisions are going to go back to normal. So if Toronto and Montreal make a trade, they yeah. might they might still see each other next year. That's true, but so. I know it's like not necessarily something incredibly to worry about, but something to kind of think about. And last question, this comes from Hayden underscore Barton. We know him. He's an absolute pigeon, but love the guy. Good guy all around. Two left feet. Yeah, <laughs> two left feet. Kenny Galladay deal. What does this mean for his general and fantasy value? Now for Kenny me. Kenny Galladay deal. <laughs> look at you go. Pretty smart. I think it's all dependent on Daniel Jones. Exactly, 100%. Can he limit his turnovers? I think this helps Daniel Jones because he's a big-body receiver, so he might be able to get the contested balls to limit picks. But, I mean, picks aren't the only turnovers Jones is causing, right? He fumbles in the backfield, all sorts of stuff. So it kind of depends on him. But I think his fantasy value goes a bit down. But I think, in general, it stays about the same. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he kind of is 
the same. Matt Stafford is a good fantasy quarterback. And it, Galladay's problem last year was just that he couldn't stay healthy. So yeah. maybe he's got better trainers in New York. <laughs> maybe he stays healthier this year. But I think your fantasy, you're, if you're playing a 10-team league, you're going after Galladay fourth round. Yeah. Right? Like all the top receivers are off the board, all the top running backs and second running backs are off the board. A few quarterbacks are gone. Yeah. Fourth round pick. Something yeah. like that. Yep, I agree. I think if Daniel Jones has a good year, Kenny Galladay could put up a thousand yards and ten touchdowns. But I 100 agree health. with that. Yeah, I think that's a huge part. Now, Corey, I know you have to go, so this is your time. Plug anything you need to plug, and yeah, go ahead. You can find me on Twitter, baby. That's Latandra underscore L E T E N D R E underscore. You can find me there. Find me on Instagram, Corey Latondra. I don't post anything, so don't look it up. That's all we got, <laughs> baby. And you guys know where to follow me at Jevin.lefave on Instagram, at Jevin.lefave on Twitter. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at leftsideheavy underscore. Don't forget to leave a rating and review for the show. Give me that five stars, baby, all day. All day. Right, Corey? Say it. Five stars? Five stars. All day. <laughs> And yeah, that's everything. Subscribe, download the episode, share with your friends, family, whoever you want. Just share it or else I will find you and make you stub your toe. But yeah, that's episode 26 with Corey. Thank you for listening.